Back from the weekend on Locked On Coyotes, we got a crossover episode for you guys. We are going to be crossing over with Locked On Blackhawks as we go through the Tankathon and we look at a retrospective of a trade, a trade between the two teams about four years ago. You're going to find out what that is in just a moment on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. A special crossover episode of Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Blackhawks. We want to thank everyone for making these shows your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Robin Leonia, joined by Carl Pavlak, my co-host of Locked On Coyotes, and Jack Bushman of Locked On, Locked On Blackhawks on today's show for a great conversation. We're doing a little retrospective on today's show, as well as just a, t- a little tankathon, because both these teams are predicted <laughs> to be the bottom. But let's get the, let's get going first. Uh, Jack, how you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, it was fantastic. I just got back from a lovely trip out to South Carolina, spent some good time with uh, my girlfriend's family. It was, it was really fun to be out there and see the East Coast for the first time. I, I kind of um, didn't expect South Carolina to be the way it was. Not that I don't really know how I thought it was going to be in my mind, but I didn't think it was going to be surrounded with beautiful forests. The mountains are super cool to drive through. Went on an awesome lake, went boating for a day. So it was a lovely, lovely, much needed week away because the Blackhawks and their news has been chaos the past three weeks. So it was nice to get away for a couple of days for sure. How, how was uh, the weekend for you too? Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't get away to the mountains because, trust me, I would love to escape uh, just the Coyotes' existence right now, but uh, th- that's not an option. Uh, although things are starting to, I guess, look up, um, but yeah, nice, fun, uh, fun monsoon weekend. Oh, yeah, I mean, that monsoon is helping us cool down. That's the nice thing, because it's like 110, and then like all of a sudden the rain comes and it's like 60, but. Yeah, it it is in the 90s at night now, which is just unheard of. Uh, It's not usually this hot at night, but it's it's nice to get some rain. Oh my gosh, I couldn't even, 90s at night? I think like, I was, when I was in South Carolina, it was like 78 and I'm like, ooh, a little warm out here. I couldn't even imagine, but dry heat, dry heat is a little different. It is. It's still hot though. It's still very hot. No, No doubt about it. 110, that's absurd. Absolutely, but let's get let's let's get into the uh, the meat of this show as we um, w- want to talk a little bit of a retrospective because um, now approaching you know four years ago if we looked it up it was in November of 2018 the Coyotes and the Blackhawks made a made a trade that sent I believe to Chicago Dylan Strome and Brandon Perlini and then coming from Chicago to Arizona Nick Schmaltz. Um, obviously Strom is now no longer a Blackhawk. So let's get things, let, let's, let's get into the conversation. And of course, Perlini no longer a Blackhawk, although <laughs> that happened almost right away, right? Yeah, he, he wasn't around for long. I, I was someone though, I was always screaming to give Brendan Perlini an opportunity. The Blackhawks never really, I, I thought gave him too fair of a shake, but 
to be fair, he went other places and it didn't really work out too well. So they probably saw something uh, that everyone else did too. But uh, yeah, Brendan Perlini kind of became an outlier in that trade and it more so looked like a one for one swap after about a year there. Yeah, that, that was very interesting because I think even at the time, like Perlini didn't have much buzz in Arizona. So it was like one of those, eh, maybe he can revitalize his chances. And then I think afterwards he went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But yeah, like he, he never really hit. Uh, he was always a guy, you know, one of the many Coyotes of that time who had a solid rookie season and then could not follow it up with any kind of success. Yeah, and he was an interesting player too because I remember in Chicago, like he'd have opportunities and you could tell he could shoot the puck. He was one of those guys who had a strong shot, maybe not a great playmaker, but had a little bit of offensive game to him. Uh, But it was really interesting. One thing in particular I remember about Brendan Perlini before he got dealt to the Detroit Red Wings was Mark Lazarus, longtime beat writer for the Blackhawks, wrote an article about how Brendan Perlini was not just like a – a diehard, like eat, breathe, sleep hockey guy, like big soccer fan from, he has, um, from the UK, I believe, I think. Yep. Um, he just wasn't someone who lived and breathed hockey. Like it was just kind of something that he was really good at. Not to say that he didn't work on it or wasn't dedicated to his game or anything, but you know, especially at the highest level in the world, you kind of need to have that drive day in and day out to be the best. And he just kind of seemed like, someone that not it just wasn't his full on passion a hundred percent of the time. So that was kind of an interesting storyline that kind of surrounded Perlini. But yeah, he ended up getting traded to Detroit. Blackhawks actually did pretty good on that deal, seeing where Perlini ended up. They got Alec Regula, who is a former third round pick defenseman of the Red Wings. He made his NHL debut last year for the Blackhawks, had a pretty good good showing in 15 to 20 games at the end of the year, and then is probably going to be pushing to make the NHL roster later on in training camp this fall. So that was a probably the best part of this trade for the Blackhawks. Uh, now that Dylan Strom, of course, is a member of the Washington Capitals. I just want to stop real quick. Uh, I cannot imagine how insanely talented you can be to make the NHL and not and like have hockey be like, just kind of one of your side things. Like one of many, because like you said, it requires so much dedication to do it full time, but to even make it, God, that that's just all the respect in the world. Uh, I could see why, you know, he, he didn't last too long, but goddamn, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like I said, it's not like I'm like digging at his work ethic or anything. It's just some guys are different and that's not their lives all the time. So it was just a curious case to hear that about Perlini for sure. It is really funny, though. Anytime I look at that trade, I always just think it's, you know, Stroman Schmaltz and then and I just look, it's like, oh, that's right. Perlini was in that <laughs> trade, too. Yeah, you were remember? Yeah, well, I mean, from the Coyotes' perspective, not long after we drafted UK player Liam Kirk, so we got, like, a new UK guy to just replace him. Like, uh, <laughs> what's your office doing, man? <laughs> the, there is a substantial kind of UK Coyotes fandom, and they have drafted two UK players, and I think it, it kind of works out. And Liam Kirk has, like, got a lot of buzz around him now, so, like, I think almost as much as Perlini had, because... Even though it was a first round, he was late, and people didn't really seem to give too much credence to him. But people like Liam Kirk, so I don't know. They got a good guy of the UK. 
there's also just a hype around a seventh round of player, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love the buzz that those seventh round picks get for no reason. You're like, hey, we might be something. Yeah. <laughs> he could do a thing, and it was seventh round, so why not? <laughs> He's out there. Yeah. <laughs> the Absolutely. sixth round guy is not doing it. The seventh round guy is. So clearly the seventh round is the next Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> right. I mean, seventh rounders have made great NHLers every now and then. Doesn't happen all the time, but they do. Some, yeah. some superstars even come out of the seventh round. Pavel Datsuk, right? Pavel Datsuk, seventh rounder? I, I believe that. so. Datsuk was. Uh, I know Joe Pavelski was. Um, so Liam Kirk's the next Joe Pavelski. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> heard it here first on Lockdown Coyotes. <laughs> I love it. He's not going to change teams as many times, though. He's going to be Coyote oh. for life. Good, good. Absolutely love it. In a little bit, though, we're actually going to go a little more in depth on the uh, obviously that most important part, the Strom, the, the Strom and Schmaltz part. We do have to get to that, but first, I do want to let everyone know about our sponsors at Bet Online. Because BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your sports betting needs, find all the favorite sports and events, and number one's online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Jack. Now let's get into that more that 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 that, that whole beefy part because um, like you said, Strom is no is, is now a member of the of the Washington Capitals. And I think when the news came that he was no he wasn't gonna be tendered a, a qualifying offer by Chicago. I've, I was getting ready to reach out to you to talk about this because like, it's like we knew that the, we had, we'd had to do a retrospective because Strom in the situation that he's in and Schmaltz in a unique situation because like, I'm not sure if it's maybe just the way he plays or it's just the fact that like, he's just highlighting a terrible team right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to gauge for sure. But and that's that's honestly the case for Dylan Strom too. It seems like NHL GMs they don't know how to gauge Dylan Strom, and it's really made for this weird back and forth over the last year with the Blackhawks leading up to him not getting that qualifying offer. Because heading into this season, there was a lot of rumors around Strom's name, and it felt decently likely that the Blackhawks were going to move on to him, especially when Stan Bowman was here. Those rumors were kind of more prominent. Um, and then, you know, the season started as an absolute nightmare on and off the ice. Uh, Dylan Strome, what was kind of in the thick of it in Jeremy Colleton's doghouse, scratched seven of the first 11 games for some godforsaken reason. He ends up getting fired. And then second half of the year comes around and Dylan Strome cemented himself on the top line in between Patrick Kane and Alex Debrink, And they really carried the Blackhawks offense night in and night out. I mean, without those three Blackhawks games would have been unbearable and Strom by the end of the year really strong season by far the Blackhawks best center this year and then comes all the drama this offseason where even though he put up pretty good numbers in a respectable line you know didn't get that qualifying offer the Blackhawks wanted to go in a different direction 
the Alex DeBrinket trade really was the final stone. I mean, if you're trading a 24 year old two time 40 goal scorer, you're not going to tender Dylan Strom. That's just the direction the franchise was heading in. But I, I think it's really sad. And I know a ton of Blackhawks fans aren't happy with this situation. And while I get what the, what Kyle Davidson is doing as the new general manager, he's really just wanting to start fresh. And if you're not a 18, 19, 20 year old prospect, it's kind of tough to see where you're going to fit in on our roster right now, unless you have a full no movement clause like Taze and Kane. So Dylan Strom just kind of got the short end of the stick, not just this summer, but really the last year and a half with the Blackhawks. And it's frustrating because a lot of us fans, when he was getting scratched early on in the year, we were screaming from the heavens, play Dylan Strom, play Dylan Strom, give him a legit opportunity. He finally starts working his way into the lineup. He's still kind of playing bottom six minutes, which we know isn't a spot where he can have success. He finally gets that opportunity we're screaming for. He thrives, and now he's gone. So it's kind of just like, what the heck? You know, there was no winning for this guy. So I feel for Dylan Strom because he did – basically everything he could have I felt like in Chicago and you know still isn't part of the future plans and it's upsetting and um <laughs> I mean the Blackhawks how they're going to be the next few years it's gonna it's gonna be even tougher to watch uh so I, I get the direction they're heading but it's it's frustrating to see Dylan Strom capitalize on his opportunity and not get rewarded for it with this team Carl does some of that sound familiar to you <laughs> oh yeah no that that sounds like not only something I've heard from Coyotes fans whenever Dylan Strom was involved, but also just like people I know who like the Blackhawks uh, since Dylan Strom has been involved. Like there's always been this like people don't know how to utilize him or what to think of him. Uh, I always attribute attribute that to him being the third overall pick and he has expectations. And when he doesn't live up to what people think he should be, like, it doesn't matter how good he's doing. Everyone thinks they should be one level more, like, and they get frustrated with him. But uh, it, it, it's crazy that that keeps happening. And, you know, like you said, it, it's understandable. There's no real spot for him in the Blackhawks' immediate future. Do you think that maybe, like, the team missed out by not, like, trading away his rights or, like, doing, like, a sign-in trade? Like, you know, we just saw Calgary do or – or something because it feels like just letting him go for nothing is the ultimate insult for, for sure. And this is the weirdest part about the Dylan Strom saga here too, because NHL GMs, according to a couple of Blackhawks beat writers, the, the Hawks were really trying to trade Dylan Strom. They were really trying to do it, but apparently, you know, I don't know how strong this word is or anything, but apparently the Blackhawks were only getting offered about a six round pick for Dylan Strom's, are Dylan Strom's restricted free agent rights. And on that contract, he was owed $3.6 million. He had to be tendered that at least $3.6 million on his qualifying offer. And nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted to do that. Apparently all the Blackhawks were getting was a six round pick. And then he hits the open market and Washington goes and gives him a one year $3.5 million contract. So it's kind of like either Washington was the only ones who were really in on Strom and they potentially overpaid him. But there apparently was chatter. Like we heard Elliot Friedman tweet out saying a lot of teams were interested in Dylan Strom. And it was like, where was this the last four months? You know, maybe they just would rather take their chances on the open market and say, hey, hopefully this guy will sign with us rather than we give up something for him. But it really just made for this weird ending because he, he 
ended up signing for $100,000 less than what he would have gotten on his qualifying offer if a team just traded that. So it, it was really weird at the end. Um, but again, this goes back to what I was saying before, where NHL GMs are kind of having this hard time of gauging Dylan Strome. And I think, Carl, you made a great point. The number three overall pick around Dylan Strome's name, I think has completely changed how people around the NHL view him. And this was a really interesting tweet that Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times, a beat writer, put out just a couple days ago. Dylan Strome, in his last 245 games, four years worth of games, he has 160 points. Got one year, year, $3.5 million from the Capitals. Vincent Trocek, in his last 245 games, has 166 points. Six more points than Strome. He got a seven-year, $39 million contract. Wow. What am I missing? Dylan Strom's the younger player by four years. What am I missing here? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, I do want to say I looked it up um, because the Coyotes, I think the big uh, time when they acquired someone's rights, um, other than the two recent uh, NCAA players, uh, when they acquired the rights for Alex Golgoski, it was for a fifth-round pick. So, like, a sixth for Dylan Strom just seems – yeah, it, it seems low. But I mean, honestly, like if you're the Blackhawks, why not take it? Like, why not just have a sixth round pick and be like, hey, we're not going to resign him. We know we're not going to resign him. So we're getting something out of it because it feels like just getting nothing. It's yes. Yeah, for sure. And that's not the first Blackhawk, former Blackhawk now that the Blackhawks have let walk for free. They just let that happen with a couple of other guys as well. And um, a few in, in last year's free agency class too. And it, it's really frustrating when that situation happens. And yeah, there were a lot of fans saying, Hey, why not get the six round pick? My only thing that I could think of is that Kyle Davidson didn't want to budge as a new general manager. He maybe didn't want to look weak and accept an offer that he wasn't a hundred percent wanting to do that. That's the only thing that I could possibly think of unless that like, at least get a six round pick. Like we were talking about earlier, it, it can happen. Doesn't happen often, but it can happen. And that's the name of the game for the Blackhawks right now is acquiring future assets. So yeah, that one was a little bit of a, a brain twister as well. The whole Dylan Strom saga is, let me tell you too. <laughs> Although I will say now that you mention it, like if the Blackhawks are starting a rebuild, you're a new GM, you don't want to look like you can be pushed around. So yeah. I, I can see that like math going be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take a hit this time. We're gonna not get as a return when we could, but hopefully we don't get screwed over two more deals from now. I, that makes sense. That that's literally the only thing that I can think of, Carl. Once again, you are listening to Locked On Coyotes, our crossover episode, locked uh, with Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Blackhawks. We're going to take a uh, – cut this one short a little bit. We ran a little bit long, but that's okay because we have a part two coming for you guys uh, on tomorrow's episode. You guys are not going to want to miss it. But in, in case you like this part one, don't forget to leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe if you're yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media or Facebook, facebook.com slash Coyotes on Instagram at Coyotes and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock FMH. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. 
Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Ah!